Hey, it's Ben here, and welcome back to Revival on the Air today. In this episode, I interview Jed, who tells us of his conversion from being a hippie into a God-fearing Christian and some of the miraculous healings and miracles he saw along the way, including an unbelievable story of when he was afflicted by a stroke and how he was miraculously healed. I recorded this one down at the Karakalinga camp in Adelaide and we did this recording one evening while we were connected to the European Revival Fellowship Camp. I think it's called their Spring Camp in April, which was a lot of fun. Enjoy listening to this amazing testimony. Thanks for having us. We're uh, we're here live from Karakalinga Camp, which is in the southern part of Adelaide at our Easter camp, so it's great to be able to join you from here. You may have to excuse us. We're outside the, sort of the entrance to our camp, so there might be some cars driving past. There's a few bugs around, so we might be swatting some Australian bugs, and there's some kookaburras in the background, so hopefully you can uh, you can hear us okay. So I'm here with Jed uh, Pillen, who's got some pretty amazing things that the Lord uh, has done for him over the years. So Jed, you and I met back when I was nine years old when we lived in Dubbo uh, yes. and you lived in Dubbo too and you'd uh, which was a long time ago it was a long time ago <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you'd recently you'd only been in the Lord a few years where did your journey uh, with the Lord start well, when I met you I think you were nine I was 24 but when I was 20 years old I was traveling around Australia and uh, I'd ri- arrived in a place called Catherine in the Northern Territory now that was in the 70s and in the 70s I didn't look like I am now obviously it's 45 years ago you're, you're a hippie uh, yeah I was a hippie. I had long hair, sort of down past my shoulders. Uh, I used to wear beads around and sarongs and all of this sort of thing. I was a druggo, so I used heroin and LSD and smoked dope and drank alcohol and cigarettes and all the rest. And I was 20 years old and I thought I was living life to the fullest. I often had a smile on my face, but inside I was just empty. And uh, and I knew that, but I didn't know anything different. Then I arrived in Catherine and I'd met up with some people that I'd met there the year before. And one of them said... I, I knew his brother and I said, where's your brother this year? Is he coming up to Catherine? And he said to me, no, he's not coming up. I got a letter from him the other day. He doesn't drink, he doesn't smoke, he doesn't do drugs anymore and he speaks in tongues. And I thought, speaks in tongues? What's that? And anyway, I didn't have a clue what he was talking about. We rubbished him because he was a cool guy and now he didn't do drugs anymore so there must be something wrong with him. And But we didn't know that it had anything to do with God. And uh, after about half an hour, I said, what's speaking in tongues? And it turned out that they didn't know either. Nobody had knew. We were prepared to rubbish the guy about it, but none of us knew what he was talking yeah. about. So, uh, so that was the beginning. But the amazing thing was that the very next day I was in town and I was walking along the street and there was a, a shop and it was like a baby's clothes shop that sold all sorts of things. And there was a sticker in the window and it said, Jesus said believers will speak in new tongues. I must have, I was up there the year before, never saw it, never grabbed my attention. All of a sudden it was like it jumped out at me. And I, I think the lady must have been having a bad day because I walked in and she was just sitting behind the counter and just looked normal, middle-aged lady. And I said, her what speaking in tongues and her face lit up and she pulled out a bible from under the counter and she just started telling me uh, she showed me mark 16 and acts 238 and john 3 and she started telling me about what had happened to her and the miracles that had happened in her life and she just talked and talked and talked and she was really thrilled and excited about God and I'd never heard anything like that before and I thought it was interesting but not for me. She gave me some leaflets and I took them home that night 
we were talking, sitting around, and I think we were drinking pretty heavily that night, and I remembered that I'd got these leaflets, so I pulled them out of my pocket and I threw them on the table, and uh, we had a look at them, and I said, oh, look, I found out what speaking in tongues was. And I went, oh, okay, so we looked at it. Now, we were like the biggest group of no-hopers and druggos that you ever saw, and all of a sudden we're having this heated conversation about God. Each of us argued for whatever religion we were brought up. I was brought up Church of England, hadn't been for years, yeah. but it was kind of like, yeah, this is the way to go. I knew nothing about it. There's a Catholic guy who said, you know, we're the biggest, how can we be wrong? <laughs> you guys haven't got hope. <laughs> and uh, anyway, we got into a religious argument about it. Anyway, we decided the only way to settle the argument was for one of us to be the guinea pig and get baptised, put it to the test and see if it happened to and us. You were the, and you were the guinea pig. We decided I was a little troublemaker who started the argument in the first place, so you'll be the guinea pig to put it to the test. So the next weekend I went to Darwin and... Uh, so for those that don't know, Darwin's very north of yeah. Australia, the very top. About five hours drive. So we got to Darwin and uh, the pastor opened up the Bible and he just said, look, I want to show you that what you're doing is something that God requires of you, that this isn't just something that we've, our church has made up or peculiar to us. This is, you need to see it in the scriptures. And I thought that was interesting because I never had seen people talk about the word of God like that. I'd seen people read verses from the Bible at a funeral or a wedding, but never use it like it's to minister to you. And uh, I thought it was really interesting. And he showed me, and I remember at the time, uh, he said, well, okay, we'll, we'll baptise you now. So we went down to his swimming pool downstairs. And then I remember at the time thinking, as I got into the water, well, God, if you're there, prove it to me because I just don't know. I give up on the God question. Yeah. This is our time. And I went under the water. And as I came out of the water, uh, I opened my mouth and began to speak in tongues. And I was absolutely amazed because right up until that moment I never really thought it was going to happen yeah. and then I could hear myself speak in tongues. I felt this amazing feeling inside of it's true. It wasn't sort of you know electric shocks or anything like that. It was just this realisation it is true, there is a God mm. and, and it's true. And uh, I went to my first meeting that night and uh, heard the gifts operated for the first time and my life completely changed. I never thought I would not do drugs again. But from that moment on, never smoked drugs, never took heroin, uh, used heroin or LSD, never smoked another cigarette, never uh, drank alcohol. The Lord had just absolutely taken it all away from me. And that was 40-plus years ago? 45 years 45 ago, years yeah. Ago. Mm. Yeah. Wow. I know you've had amazing things happen in your life since then. I'd love to talk about your your stroke because that's quite a remarkable story. When did that start? How long ago was that? My First of all, my mum and dad both died from heart attacks and strokes, and so it's kind of In the genetic. family? Yeah. And in 2003, I had a heart attack mm -hmm. and uh, at Newcastle, and when that the cardiograph, the uh, cardiac enzymes show, were elevated and showed that I'd had a, uh, what they called it, an acute myocardial infarction. And so they, uh, the cardiologist said, we will do an angiogram to show the extent of the damage. We know the damage is there because of the enzymes and the cardiograph shows that there's a problem with your heart. And I said, okay. So they went in, they did an angiogram where, where they 
inject dye and look at the your heart and uh, they were amazed because they couldn't find any damage whatsoever and later on when they have done cardiograph since then it hasn't shown anything on it, uh, which oh, is amazing. Cool. Yeah. Were you surprised? I mean, you would have been in your, only in your 40s yes. when that happened. Yes, yes. I think I was 47. Yeah, right. But, uh, yeah, I was surprised that it happened because nobody expects anything like that hap- to yeah, happen. Even to though you. it's in your family, no yes. one, you're in the Lord, you know, shouldn't, you know, we don't expect a heart attack at 47. Yeah, mm. but I guess we're still human. Absolutely. <laughs> but uh, and then when uh, five years ago in on the 15th of July, it, it'll be five years this year, I had a brainstem stroke as, so as well. what happened? How, what, what were the, how did you know you had a brainstem stroke? Well, I was, uh, I was actually visiting some brothers and sisters in the um, Sunshine Coast Fellowship and uh, we'd had a really great time there. We were about to get on a plane to come back to Adelaide and we decided to all meet at a coffee shop and just have get as much fellowship in before we left. And so we're sitting in the coffee shop all having coffee and all of a sudden my head started spinning and I thought, well, they've given me a double shot. This is really strong <laughs> coffee. Double shot coffee. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's Ben here and I'm here with my wife, Emily, and we'd like to tell you about the new podcast called He Says, She Says, God Says. It's all about marriages and relationships where God is at the centre. Everyone knows that marriages are under more pressure today than ever. So this podcast is designed to help you with both practical and spiritual content. We cover a different topic about marriage each episode and we look into the scriptures to understand what God's wisdom has for us as well as interviewing other couples who have been there before, what's worked for them, their challenges and how they overcome them, their experiences. So whether you're single and thinking about a relationship, newly married, married with kids or empty nesters, there will be episodes and topics for everyone. You can find it on your favourite podcast app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, etc. We're also on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. Just search for He Says, She Says, God Says or visit our webpage www.hesayssheesaysgodsays.com. Anyway, it just kept going. And then I, I reached down, and it was a chair similar to this one, and I thought I was going to fall off the chair, so I reached down to hang on to the chair. Nobody knew what was happening. And I looked at my right hand, and it was still there, and it didn't move. And I thought, that was strange. And then somebody asked me a question, and when I went to answer them, it was like my brain had the answer, but my mouth wouldn't do what my brain said, and my, um, my mouth just went, Bleh. that's all that came out. And I thought, that's strange. So you're still thinking, okay. I'm thinking, this is weird. Mm. And somebody said, he's having a stroke. Now, there was a nurse at the table next to us and she heard us and, uh, and she said straight away, I'll ring an ambulance, he's having a stroke. So straight away, all these people around the coffee table, there were hands everywhere coming over to lay hands on me and pray for me in this coffee shop. And they were all praying away and uh, the ambulance came and basically I was paralysed on my right side and I'd lost my speech. I couldn't talk. It was a, a huge blood clot in the ponds area, the left 
pons area of the brain stem and uh, it's sort of back up yeah in the in the limbic yeah. system at the big in the uh, brain stem area so um, they they told me that uh, a third of people die within 24 hours from a brain stem stroke and uh, and the prognosis wasn't good there was quite a large blood clot there they took me and did scans which showed where the clot was sitting and what was happening so that was all verified there was massive damage to my brain uh, they told me that uh, you lose 2 million brain cells die every minute that the blood clot's there because it's stopping blood getting to the brain. So anyway, I was there for probably three or four hours in the waiting room. They were waiting for a bed in three, intensive three care. Three or four hours every yeah. minute, so that's 240 yeah. minutes. That's a lot of brain cells. It is. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but anyway, it's, they're waiting for a bed in intensive care. There was uh, a lady who was talking to my wife and she was saying, look, we know that he's lost his speech for if he, with extensive speech therapy over the next five years, he should be able to learn to speak again. They'll have to train a different part of his brain because obviously those brain cells have been damaged and with extensive physio, he'll learn to walk again, but obviously that part of his brain's been damaged and so they'll have to use different brain cells and train those to do that, but with extensive physio, he should be able to um, learn to walk again. Uh, now I'm a counsellor. You talk for a living. I talk for a living. <laughs> so, so that wasn't a very good prognosis for me. And what was Briar, your wife? Yes. How was she feeling at this time? She said she just had a piece about her, about everything, and she said it was almost like there was just a bubble around her. We hear that a lot, don't uh, we? Yeah. And, and I think that's pretty amazing because when you're the person laying there, you don't really think you're more concerned about them because you're there and you've, you know, but it's, it's she's the one who has to deal with the yeah, fallout of it right. all. So anyway, she went out and saw some friends of ours who were in the waiting room and then she came back in and she said to me, uh, Jed, the um, Tony and Sue have rung around the fellowship and they're all having prayer for you right now. And I sat there and I looked down at my hand and, and now there's a speech therapist that was standing level with my shoulder and she had a stethoscope on my throat and she's saying, Jed, can you try and say da for me? I want you to say, try and make the D sound, the da. And I go, da, that's easy in my brain. And my mouth would go, Ugh. And that's all I could do. And it was quite upsetting when you think this is so easy and yet there was, it was like there was no connection between my brain and my mouth at all. And then I looked at my hand, which I hadn't been able to move, and all of a sudden I it went like that and I just squeezed it really tight. Closing your fist. Yeah, yeah, and I made a fist and I thought, I've been healed instantly. And then I looked at the end of the bed and I looked at my foot, which was sort of sitting there like this, and it, I hadn't been able to move that, and I went like that with my foot. Your foot wiggled? Yeah, and yeah. it jiggled up and down. And I thought, I've been healed. And the, the speech therapist didn't know, see any of this. It was just a private thing that I'd yeah. noticed. And... She said, um, now, Jag, can you try and say ma for me this time? <laughs> and I said, I think I can talk now. And she jumped back. <laughs> and she went, do that, do that again, do that again. And then, and then I said, I can talk. I'm, I'm fine. I've been healed. I've been healed. And she said, tell them I did that. Tell them I did that. <laughs> and she ran out 
<laughs> got all these specialists that have been working on me for the last few hours and yeah. writing all their reports. And she's, they came in and they were grabbing my hands and squeezing them and pushing my feet and do this and do that, all of that. And they, they were just amazed. And uh, anyway, they uh, they said that they had to keep me in because that's what they do. Yeah. And we wanted to fly home, but... <laughs> Anyway, we stayed in, it was a Friday afternoon by then, so we stayed in over uh, the weekend and then on the Monday they let me go. And they did other scans and things which showed the amount of damage that was done to the brain. But amazing things happened. Um, the, uh, a lady who was a nurse brought a patient in to use my shower ensuite uh, because hers was being cleaned and this lady was, was shuffling along and couldn't talk and the nurse turned and looked at me and she said that was you on Friday that was you you should be like that and she said and I said have you seen this happen before all the time I've worked in the stroke unit I've never seen that happen she said wow yeah so praise I was discharged from hospital and back at work the next week. Back at work the next week. Yeah. Praise the Lord. That's amazing. Yeah. Isn't that fantastic? Yeah. So that's not your only. I mean, that's that's a miracle, an amazing miracle enough, but you've had other amazing miracles as well, haven't you? Yes. Yes. Actually, there's, there's been lots of, I guess, in 45 years. And I think the amazing thing for me is the very first scripture that I was shown was Mark 16. And so this is back when you were 20 years when old. When I was 20 years old. Didn't know anything in the Bible. I remember the first Bible I got, I underlined it in red and I showed it to to everybody. And I had, it was like big arrows around. <laughs> this is the scripture. And it says, you know, these signs shall follow them that believe. And it says that they'll speak in new tongues. It says they'll lay hands on the sick and uh, they'll recover. It, and then at the, the very end, and there's other things that it says of divine protection and things. But in verse 20, it says... And God went with his people and confirmed his word with signs following. And for 45 years of being in the Lord, that has been just reinforced over and over again that God is faithful to his word and he confirms his word with signs following. And that's my testimony. And uh, I know... In, in Catherine, when I got filled with the Spirit, I was the guinea pig settling an argument for my friends, and uh, as I was saying. And, uh, and what happened was nobody did anything for about six weeks. Then I had two of my friends that arrive in town that I'd met travelling around Australia, and they both got baptised and filled with the Spirit. And then we just, everyone that we saw, I'd open my Bible and show them Mark 16. Now... I was asleep a couple of weeks later. This guy who was a friend of ours, he knocks on our door. Jed, you've got it. We're at a caravan park. He said, you've got to come and pray for Helen. She's got tropical leer. She's in agony. This is like two or three in the morning. And can you come and pray for her? And I go, what do you mean? And he said, you know that scripture you showed us <laughs> in Mark, Mark 16, that scripture where it says you'll speak in tongues. And he says, yeah. He said, it also says you'll lay your hands on sick people and they'll be healed. Now come and pray for her. And I'm going, whoa, I've never done this before. <laughs> and I thought, I wonder what you do. And, and I, did, I really didn't know anything about that. So we went over and I took my Bible over with the, the underlined <laughs> Mark 16. And I said to her, and she's laying on the bed, she's crying all her ear and down the side of her face is all red and swollen. She's got this discharge coming out of her ear. She was in agony. And I said to her, look, I don't even know if I'm doing this right, but it says here 
they'll speak in new tongues, and that happened to me. And it also says they'll lay hands on the sick people and they'll be healed. So I'm just going to put my hand on you and I'm going to pray for you and I'm going to pray in this tongue and, uh, and ask God to heal you. And she said, I don't care, just do it. <laughs> she was in pain. <laughs> anyway, so I close my eyes and I'm praying really hard and just thinking, oh, I hope I'm doing this properly. And then next minute, and I had my eyes closed, and next minute I felt her lift up and she's up there and she's going like this. And I'm thinking, don't push your ear, it's going to make it worse. <laughs> anyway, she's completely healed. She's completely healed. Then her and her partner both came and got baptised the next week. And then from then on, gradually, all these people who had been watching us for weeks to see if we were going to change, see if we'll go back, see if it was just a passing fad, yeah. uh, we end up with 18 of them coming along. So it was really exciting. And they owned a 22-seater bus, so it meant we could take people to Darwin for the meetings in the bus. So, wow. so it was just an amazing, one of, of many amazing testimonies of the Lord confirming his word with signs following. And it's just, I think, the amazing thing that I find right from the very first t- time I heard uh, the gospel was that, that God is faithful to his word. And it's so simple. It's so simple that he's faithful to his word and he has to honour it. Mm. We, let, so we, let, we let this get in the way sometimes, don't oh, we? We overthink it. Yes. But it is very simple. Yes. It is very simple. Amazing. Yes. Thank you for sharing that. Pleasure. Thanks, Jed. Okay, thank you. Nice to visit you. Thanks for you. having us. Nice to visit you overseas and, um, and uh, thank you for listening to my testimony and what the Lord's doing in my life. Mm. Amen. Thank you. Well, there you have it. Another amazing testimony of God's power alive and working in people's lives today. If you'd like to have God in your life forming amazing things like he has done in Jed's, then head over to our website, revivalontheairtoday.com or send us an email, podcast at revivalontheairtoday.com. Until next time, God bless.